0: uh and then yeah i guess I, I can get started if you're okay with that you know we'll see if people roll in here um as we go along uh but uh i will uh i'll mention to start our sponsor the bitbox o2 hardware wallet make sure you get one because i don't know if you've noticed Torsten, uh but you know exchanges are getting liquidated so i've been telling people <laughs> to get a Bitbox because uh if it's not your keys not your coin which hey is you know i love that you use Andreas's line um we're in the movie where he sits there and goes, not your keys, not your coin, not your coin, not your keys. You got it? You know, it kept going over and over. So get yourself a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Use the promo code BitcoinMadeSimple to get 5% off at shiftcrypto.ch slash BitcoinMadeSimple. And also it's brought to you by Movies Plus. Because that is where you can watch the movie, Cryptopia, Bitcoin, Blockchains, and the Future of the Internet, made by Torsten Hoffman, the filmmaker that we have on the show today. Um, And also, Bitcoin, The End of Money as We Know It. That is his first Bitcoin film. Um, And, yeah, you can use the same promo code, Bitcoin Made Simple, and you get one year of Movies Plus for $2.1 a month. Wink, wink. 21, anyone? Um, So, yeah. You can check out the movie and you can see more because I know that Torsten says he has more stuff going up, but uh, but Torsten, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on.
1: No, thanks so much, Corey. Uh, this is great. Um, am I uh, muting and unmuting myself or do you mind if I just have the microphone on? There's a little bit of background noise here, but hopefully it's not too bad. Oh, no, you can keep it on. That's that's totally fine.
0: I don't hear any uh, background noise, so you if should be good. If it's
2: bad, I will let you know, but it sounds fine for now.
0: Okay, thanks, Phil. So Torsten, I got to start with, um, you know, your filmmaking background and how did you get into making movies and, and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So I was um, uh, basically, as everyone, going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole at one point or another, right? Um, And uh, for me, that was uh, the year 2013. And I was just a little bit luckier than maybe some others, uh, because everybody who first reads about Bitcoin obviously thinks it's a scam and, you know, it can't be real. And uh, it it, it must surely die soon or it's a bubble, you know, all these things. Um, But I had actually uh, written at my um, uh, university um, something about fiat currencies and paper um, script money. Money, local money as alternative currency. So I was a little bit pre-briefed and was just fascinated by it. And, and when I went down that rabbit hole, 2013-14, um, I thought, wow, OK, so, you know, some people write a book, some people start a blog or a podcast. And for me, it was, um, let's, let's make a documentary. And that was 2014, which then came out um, in 2015. Um, it's called Bitcoin, the end of money as uh, we know it. And um, yeah, that was that was my start. I, I'd worked with other documentary makers before, but that one was really my debut as a, um, a producer director. So uh, did you have like an interest in movies growing up and you were just always
0: fascinated by it? Or did you ever have aspirations of getting into it in a career sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, look, a lot of people are fascinated by movies and and, and love to uh, watch um, entertainment and things like that. For me, it was actually more of a um, a logical move because I was already in the industry, so I was in the media industry for a while, and my company was working with uh, dozens of filmmakers, uh, documentary filmmakers, actually, um, from all around the world, and I was helping them with distribution. So um, I I didn't come from the creative side, I came from the business side, um, which uh, which, which can maybe explain why uh, both of them have done quite well in international distribution you know, like festivals and all these um, platforms and uh, broadcast deals. Um, that's sort of like my, my background. Yeah,
0: no, I, I could uh, kind of sense that because obviously I have the same background. So I was like, I think he's like, a little savvy here. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to uh, distribution, which most people have no idea what's going on behind the scenes when it comes to distribution. So um, awesome. So your intro to Bitcoin, I mean, that's pretty interesting that you like, because like you said, most people think it's a scam. And I thought the same thing. I was like, it's going to get hacked. You know, like yeah. what a dumb thing to exactly. think. Um, but uh, it's interesting that you're back, that you had the background in studying currencies, because I think there's a common thread that if you understand that the currencies are a scam, you pretty much <laughs> get Bitcoin right away
1: yeah i think that's such an astute point um uh, cory um because uh, yeah it, it is a matter of fact and people are realizing that now that our fiat system is, is a scam and literally it's a scam like the printing out of out of an, and things like that and uh yeah if you have that background it's maybe easier to kind of um look into bitcoin but of course i mean you know i'm also not technical i'm not a software guy so it, it took me a while and um uh, maybe looking back maybe i shouldn't have made a film i should have invested <laughs> in bitcoin uh, a bit more but but look i mean I, I was lucky to be early um and the first film did quite well it got me started and and then a couple of years later, um, Cryptopia, which is, which is the current uh, film out, um, I mean, that was really um, a much bigger production, um, very much more ambitious, uh, much more wide sweeping, and it's done phenomenally well as well.
0: Yeah. Um, talk about that a little bit, of like, what the challenges are of an indie filmmaker um, whenever, you know, maybe comparing the production of the Bitcoin end of money as we know it in Cryptopia, you know, because like they aren't on different scales. So had, the production life had to have been a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I mean the the first one. So Bitcoin: The End of Money. And when people watch it, I mean this is really um, it's sort of like you can uh, a student trying to explain uh, Bitcoin in different chapters and, and the history of money and and things like that. And we uh, we used a lot of third party footage, you know, that you acquire from footage data um, and banks to um, uh, you know make make the, the story visually interesting. So it's it's sort of like an amateur first time um, um, attempt at, at filmmaking. But again, it has done very very well, and people were um, interested in the topic of Bitcoin um, in the summer of two thousand fifteen sixty. So, so it went well. And in Cryptopia, I think um, you would agree, it's like a properly produced, uh, not big budget, but medium budget um, documentary. I went to uh, produced on four continents, I believe. We had a good three D animation budget, Um, and it's it's I I think very much well, uh, much better told, you know, as as a as a storyteller as well.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm not uh, saying that the other one isn't told well, but I, I, totally agree. I mean, you can see the maturation in your, uh, your filmmaking um, skills and everything like that, and it's, uh, you know, quite natural and, and looks, uh, it looks great, and the 3D animation is great. Uh, I mean, that's my nerdy film side, like of things that I really enjoy. Um, but, uh, but what was the goal of each movie, and and how did they differ?
1: Yeah, I mean, the first one really satisfied my own um, uh, curiosity to learn about money and what money is and and what Bitcoin may or may not, you know, um, add to that. And I had the ambitious title of the end of money, as we know it. Um, And and Cryptop is really, look, um, five years later, what has happened to the industry? It's now 100 times larger. There's many more things other than Bitcoin. I'm still a a hardcore believer in Bitcoin. And maybe during these days, uh, um, these weeks, uh, you know, people become a bit more maximalist. But I mean, no doubt about it, there's a lot of innovation happening outside of Bitcoin coin and 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 interesting people and stories and scams uh, to cover so i was it was more like okay let's let's um see what else is going on in the industry let's tell the story of the entire ecosystem
0: yeah and um so one of those scams uh is roger (laughs) Fair, and and i gotta say it's just like uh i like your presentation of of uh roger in the movie you know you give him a fair shake but uh but I, i like the visual like when he's walking away like it was just like uh, I don't know if this is what your aim but it like the uh, view of him walking away I like felt like it was just him slipping into obscurity and like kind of <laughs> like realizing that like everything like
1: he did was like falling apart Um, was that done by design. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't say so. I mean, obviously, there, there's a little bit of um, um, hints throughout the whole film, and when, when I talk to people, um, same with with Craig, Wright, um, I mean, even even stronger, but but still, I mean, at the end of the day, I am not a financial advisor. I am not um, uh, looking at the the code, right, or like like making st- uh, st- strong statements like that. And and yeah. the Bitcoin Cash, you know, in 2018, I believe it was, um, and people like to forget the scaling war. It wasn't really. Um, it wasn't clear that small blocks is the way to go. And looking back, yes, it was clearly the way to go. And the market has decided. I always said in all these interviews, the market will ultimately decide. And you know, and ninety-nine percent of the market cap is BTC, and you no know, less than one percent is uh, Bitcoin Cash. But at the time, you know, it, it was a debate, and um, I disagree with the characterization of some maximalists who say, "Look, um, um, it, it was a scam." I think it was a it, it was a worthwhile try, which clearly didn't work out. Um, and you can just look at the price
0: yeah i mean i think roger you know we can thank him for what he did to help launch bitcoin and i from my view i think he just got so hung up in the mm. uh the payments narrative um mm. you know because i mean now you have things like the lightning network that can accomplish everything that they were complaining about um so it's just it's funny to me that, that people you know no matter how innovative they are at the beginning like the, i think the trick of bitcoin or the, the, the biggest challenge is this, see if you can be there at the end. Because like, <laughs> at some point, everybody's all in on Bitcoin. And then like, can you hang in and not get distracted? Um, so what do you think, I mean, since you got to interview Roger and spend a decent amount of time with him, um, I mean, what what are his feelings? So at the time you made this, he were, it was 2018. So or was that 2018 when you interviewed him?
1: probably yeah i've seen him a couple of times throughout the years but um so including 2014 um and then 2017 18 maybe 19 yeah i don't know
0: okay so i mean is he you know resign like is he still just stuck on the bitcoin cash or is he resigning to the fact that maybe it's failed do you think or uh, you know, what, what What do you think uh, you got from him? I mean, is there anger towards the Bitcoiners or, or is he just kind of like throwing up his hands at this point and saying it is what it is?
1: Yeah um look I mean that's been 3 years right and those 3 years have really shaped, shaped the narratives time time is the ultimate um uh, decider what, what is the Nassim quote time uh, uh there's there's some sort of like uh, time will tell whether something is fragile or anti fragile right and um look at the time i think your characterization earlier was 100% spot on he got hung up on that one narrative the payment narrative um and um uh, you know that that was his thing and he just um, um <laughs> believed that a hard fork is the right way to go and then obviously <laughs> he um went into the, the, the next war the next split with those guys from bsv uh it was a total disaster i mean uh, yeah i mean it was basically a high stakes poker game uh, that ultimately was was lost but I, I don't know what he's doing now i think he disappeared from social media for a year or even longer i'm not quite sure what's what's he up to now
0: yeah i mean can't blame him for disappearing from social media because i think we kind of should all do that and i say that with full irony mm. recording this on uh twitter <laughs> spaces um so uh, okay, one of the things that you explored in the in the second movie, um, which is it fair to call it a sequel? Would you say, or is are they two distinct separate movies?
1: Um, yeah, I think they're two distinct uh, movies. But I always like to point out: look, um, uh, five years earlier, we did we already covered Bitcoin. Look, uh, we were early, and look what has happened since then. But there's mm-hmm. two two standalone uh, movies because they're they're so different, right? Um,
0: So, uh, so room 77 in Berlin, which first of all, by the way, I've been to Berlin because of being a filmmaker. So like I've been to the film festival and the market and everything. Um, and I, that was unfortunately before I was a Bitcoiner, uh, like a hardcore Bitcoiner. So, um, I never got to go to room 77. Um, but next time I'm in Berlin, I'll be going there. Do they still accept Bitcoin? And what, what was it like there?
1: Yeah, so unfortunately it has closed down. A couple of years ago, I read um, I read the news that uh, the, the owner has finally <laughs> shut down uh, the business. Um, I, I don't know what the exact r- r- um, uh, reasons were. I guess um, COVID, or maybe it was slightly before COVID. Um, so unfortunately you missed that. But it was, it's a legendary place. And um, you know we have this quote, quote in the film uh, from another Berlin-based uh, uh, entrepreneur who basically said, well, somebody wanted to buy um, um, beer and burgers with Bitcoin. And that's why he developed the first mobile wallet. And that must have been, I don't know, 2011 probably. Um, So it wasn't the first ever Bitcoin transaction, which was the famous pizza. And and, and I think there's the alpaca socks um, uh, after that. But it would have been very, very early and uh, definitely um, the the first uh, mobile uh, transaction, mobile wallet. So uh, it just shows shows you how... you know, the future of technology is not designed by um, within boardrooms or some like, I don't know, developer calls. Uh, sometimes it's a guy who wants to uh, buy a beer, right? Um, and uh, I find that fascinating.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think one of the things I like about it is the, the charm of that room, you know, and I mean, this happens, you see this more in Europe than you do in America, where we're stuck in like our corporate uh, big box store type, uh, generic, uh, buildings Mm. where over in Europe, you know, you go to these places and you're like, you look around, like if you were, I'm sure if you were sitting in room 77, you're like, I could picture this place existing like 600 years ago, you know, like with the candles and, and (laughs) kind of the like old school setting. And so it's kind of funny to me that like the first mobile transaction of a, like first mobile wallet used was used in a place like that, that probably could have been around for 500 years.
1: Yeah, and and um, uh, the, the other um, related thought to this is that Berlin is, um, you know, very important for the um, crypto economy as a whole and for Ethereum especially. And um, part of the reason is that it's a very cheap place to live. That's why a lot of, um, you know, entrepreneurs and, and young, hungry uh, people go there. A lot of innovation happens there. But it's also very anarchist. So, I mean, there are literally, uh, you know, street blocks that are kind of occupied uh, and because people don't want to pay rent. Uh, I don't know what exactly. It's a very rugged um Anarchist city, which is um, um, interesting because you know crypto anarchy and and the uh, um, manifestos are kind of from that same um, uh, yeah f- philosophy in a way, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think I, I mean, there's like a there's a weird like feel to um, to Berlin, like a vibe. I mean, it's good, but uh, you can almost feel what happened there in the past. Um, mm. And like I I saw I stayed there one time. Um, the hotel that we stayed in was literally part of the Berlin wall. Um, like it was one of the buildings that like people would try to climb through to get to the other side. Um, and, and it was just this like eerie feeling. Cause like then you walk out and you're like, Oh, I'm on the good side. And then you go like, I mean, you just walk across this little barrier and you're like, you could just, I don't know, you could feel it. And obviously, too, like you, the fact that you can see the difference from space, you know, it's kind of interesting with technology, you know, uh, what they use different type of light bulbs on, on the
1: eastern side versus the western. Um, yeah. and the, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, but but I think it is a, a very good point because a lot of Zoomers don't realize that for um, I don't know fifty years or something like that, the world was divided into East and West, and and that Berlin Wall was literally um, you know the the uh, the dividing line, and um, I, again something that uh, then oftentimes we forget. I'm I'm being German, uh, you're American, and um, you, you know people around the world have different experiences with money and, and that uh, Argentinian story is, is another one, right? Um, uh, Wences is one of the very, very early um, Bitcoiners, um, very um, uh, like um, smart and hardcore Bitcoin and not crypto um, uh, kind of person. And, uh, you know, in his past and his family's past, um, he lost all his uh, the family's wealth um, multiple times because they are used to hyperinflation and confiscations and things like that that are totally alien to us and, and strange to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, it just, it, it comes to people so naturally that have lived through the hyperinflation. And I, I loved uh, his story in the film, um, you know, because his perspective is so pure, you know, like he lived through it multiple times and, um, and yeah i mean uh, we live in this sheltered world where we think i mean COVID has kind of brought a lot of that down that uh, the veil down for people i think um but before that it was like oh we live in you know like a hunky-dory world everything's fine nothing bad ever happens that was in these like books that i read in school you know mm-hmm. and then it's like well no that was like real stuff that really happened and we are like in the grand grand scheme of the world like that that happened pretty recently, you know what I mean? And like and then like there's slavery that still exists in the world, you know, like those types of things. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought we got rid of that. Like, you know, me being a dumb American, it's like, oh, I thought slavery was, you know, done away with after the Civil War Civil War. It's like, well no, yeah. here it was, but not other places in the world.
1: And 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 maybe that starts um people start to realize that when when it affects their uh, pocketbook right and now with the uh, price of gas per gallon up and the mortgage payment uh, about to double and um you know inflation to hit double digits and and um more talk about and the fed and the, the trillions that are being printed out all these things that seem to um slowly crack wide open you know the the perceived reality and everything was good and and, and, and fine and now we we in the west in, in the west are um yeah, realizing uh, <laughs> that it's, it's it's a more fragile place, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a much more
0: fragile place than we realized. Um, and so, uh, talking about uh, you brought them up, but uh, the Swiss bunker. Uh, tell people a little bit about that and what they what they can expect to see in the movie if they haven't seen it before.
1: Yeah, um, and again, um, hopef- hopefully you can um, direct some of the listeners um, and and on, on Twitter people to the right website to sign up uh, to see the movie. Um, but yeah, so the the famous Bitcoin bunker is uh, is in, in Switzerland, and I'm I'm not allowed to disclose the the, the real location. But even if I were, um, it's it's only one fifth of the Bitcoin private keys are in there. So basically, it's it's the the. Um, cold storage facility for some of the largest um, holders of Bitcoin. Um, And uh, back then it was still owned by Zappos, which is um, the company that, that Argentinian is running. Um, and it 's fascinating to see like how uh, much physical effort and like um, it, like lift down into the mountain and and, and down and there's um nuclear grade doors it's a it 's a bunker from the from the um, wartime era and that 's being repurposed to be an ultra secure um, data storage uh, place right and and the, the um, ultimate um, irony is of course that the servers down in, in the bunker are not even connected to the internet because um, that's uh, a p- possible um uh, well, vulnerability, right? And but even if you can break into there, which is obviously impossible, you you still need to go into five different places and five continents, and uh, you know at the right time to to get into the private key So it's basically a foolproof system. Um, they told me.
0: I mean, it, it it's fascinating. From I'm, so my uh, best friend from college and roommate, he is from Switzerland, and the first time I went over with him, uh, we you know we were like touring, going through the Alps and all that kind of stuff, and. And he said something to me like, yeah, like, you know, there is like so much, so many secrets in these mountains. And I thought he was kind of talking like mystical, like, oh, you know, there's so many secrets in this mountain. And he was like, no, like literally in the mountains. And I was like, what do you mean? And then he like pointed and you could see this, like, this like gated, like entrance to the mountain in the side. And I was like, what? And um, so I, I was fascinated by that part of the movie. I mean, you know, wh- what was it like on the inside? Did you feel like, you were like in an airtight space that like, you, you could be like, it looked like a bond film almost
1: yeah, that's exactly how it felt like <laughs> exactly. Um, look, I mean, the people were friendly, and I mean, the, the security professionals, obviously, um uh, you know, very um um strict with us and uh, searching through all our stuff. Um uh, no, that was fine, but uh, you know the, the other story uh, about the um uh, the the Alps is uh, back to the cold war uh, war era um, to prevent a marching army to you know run into over your your country uh, quickly. Um there were um, literally uh, nuclear bombs. Positioned inside the um, highways that that, that are the bridge is connecting, you know, one tunnel to the next, and then there's a bridge, and and to to make sure there's there's um, no army coming through, you can blow up these <laughs> the, these uh, bridges. So yeah, that's the, I think that's maybe what he was referring to, your friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is uh, such a key piece, and and what a great defense uh, from you know any from any uh, storming army. I mean, you don't get much better than the Alps. Um, but uh, so. Uh, do you think uh, so? They don't do, they don't hold the, uh, they don't have customers anymore. Did they, did they close down or are they still active?
1: So, the way I understand it is that um, Coinbase acquired their um, um, institutional. Um, storage or, or uh, cold storage uh, facility and, and business. And SAPO, um, I think, is concentrating on um, end consumers, especially in emerging markets. I know they're very strong in uh, you know South America and um, I think Turkey is what he mentioned to me. So these places that already are in, into much higher inflation numbers are the ones where the Bitcoin adoption is, is the highest. And that's why I think what what he's focusing on.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he sold it to Coinbase. So that's maybe why they're able to rehypothecate things so much because they have it in such uh, deep security uh, that uh, that nobody can ever find out. Um, and you said there's one fifth of the private keys are in the mountains.
1: Yeah, so um, there's five of these facilities on five continents um, and it's uh, one-fifth of of each private key is, is in one. I don't know what the system is, three or five or four or five, you know, the multi-sig um, logic. Um, and again, they're not connected to the internet. So they have um, figured out a way how to, um, you know, put, put those data on those keys in and out um, manually, right? So if you request, um, that was back then, if you request your uh, Bitcoin it's cold storage, it might take a day or two because it's a very manual and and, and um, highly secure process. It's a great way to make you uh, like I, we tell people to you know we have the BitBox
0: as our uh, as our uh, sponsor, so we tell people to get their keys off there. And I always say it's a good way to stop you from panic selling your Bitcoin um, if you have it on a BitBox. You know you have to go find your BitBox, you have to get it out, you have to put in your keys, you have to move them. Um, but what better way? to save yourself from panic selling than having them in the Swiss Alps where there's, you know, two days worth of entropy between when you can request you them. Know, this you can get is
1: them. such a good, good point for, for beginners, especially because uh, throughout the years I've, I've heard this many times that, Oh, I found an old wallet, or I wished I had kept my keys or, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I lost, I lost all my, my, my coins on some exchange. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's so easy. Like, a lot of these mobile apps and and exchanges they almost are designed to make you trade and and uh, i mean trading is a difficult difficult game i would i would be terrible at it and most people m- lose most of their coins uh, with with trading trying to time the market this is the bottom this is the, that's not the way the way is to, really to keep it to hodl it uh, or to dollar cost average it uh, and i i'm pretty sure you agree with me on that one yeah oh, yeah definitely i mean i don't uh, ever recommend people trading
0: because uh yeah, that's a quick way to lose. I mean, like ninety nine percent of the people, even more than ninety nine percent, I'm positive, cannot uh, successfully trade. Um, so it would be a, a wise decision to not trade. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, any kind of cold storage, and, and it had to have been pretty cold storage down there. I mean, it had the temperature had to be pretty low, right? <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> um, Another thing I wanted to bring up was that your segment on the mainstream media, which, first of all, um, I thought, you know, just to give you some accolades, I thought you presented it really well of how the mainstream media, um, you know, you showed like eight different people talking at the same time about, the, you know, Bitcoin and being completely confused by it and everything um, and kind of confusing the viewer. So, you know, what did you want to accomplish with that? And, and what do you see as the problems with the, the mainstream media and how they cover Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's maybe another good learning for um, for beginners. Um, you know, when you look at CNBC or any of these news outlets or even even um, uh, crypto news um, uh, newsletters or, or whatever, I mean, a lot of times what's happening is journalists trying to explain or trying to find a reason why this market move happened or this market will happen right because uh, that's that's how it is the first the, the price moves and then the narrative sh- shapes around it um if you could really um uh, know, okay the, the, you know tomorrow this is will happen and and, and bitcoin will go up or down a thousand dollars you would be a billionaire you could you could you could um use that knowledge but that's not how it works and so basically a lot of that financial journalism is really dumb content it's, there's no point in even even uh, looking at that and and i think in, in my film i have all six or eight different um uh, people saying you know bitcoin is the greatest thing or the worst thing and you know it went up because of this or that it's like uh, you know you have to zoom out you have to have a, a different time preference um, and, and again um hodlers are ultimately the the winners and um uh, the ones that don't get nervous in in times like these um just this week and last week
0: uh yeah yeah definitely and, and phil i think you have a question
2: yeah just a comment in a way I just think it's aggravating because a lot of journalists try to be very objective in their reporting and understandably so, but to the point to where they won't own Bitcoin itself. And I feel like, again, if you want to understand Bitcoin, the best and only way is to actually understand what you own and you can still approach it objectively. You know, I mean, I guess it kind of throws a, a wrench in there because it, if you look at it as an investment, you want you wanted to keep going up, but like again, the the best way to understand why it's going down is to I, I guess somewhat have that bias in owning it. So did you kind of realize that aspect of this while you were making these these docs at all? And what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, no, this is a very good question, a very good question actually. Um you know in, in a way uh, cryptopia is is structured around these narratives, right? So the narrative of um I don't know, digital gold or the narrative of um be your own bank or uh, a smart contract platform and all these, you know, dozens and dozens of different narratives and and some of them make sense, some of them are just uh, marketing lingo for, you know, a, a new crypto network or something. Um some of them die. I mean, stock to flow, um, that whole thing uh, was was highly uh, attractive to. Me. i loved it but i mean the, the model was wrong right so uh maybe maybe there will be a rebrand <laughs> later but, <laughs> but i think i think it's just uh also like good good for us to kind of um take a step back and think okay why did i actually buy what what did i believe back then and and, and cross off a few of the list because the, the same thing happens over and over so with with ethereum is another one like in my film cryptopia i was talking about ethereum and that ethereum um, has some Trouble at the time, right? And then I'm I'm showing five or six logos, uh, saying, okay, these are the current Ethereum challengers who who claim to build a better, faster, whatever. Um, and those five logos, you 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 don't hear about these these uh, um, uh, networks or these coins anymore. Now there's five different challenges, right? And then in six months' time, there's another five. And everybody wants to build a more efficient Bitcoin or more, I don't know, bigger blocks or whatever. And and um, all that doesn't really matter. And and it's it's good to double check your logic. Um, I believe.
0: Yeah, it's good to, I mean, kind of revisit and make sure that you're, you know, as I say, the, the you know people say it all the time, the thesis hasn't changed, um, and it's kind of good to like. I think it it hardens you into more of a Bitcoin Maxi, and you know, uh, with all the things blowing up around us, it's like, hey, uh, maybe it was, you know, maybe people weren't being toxic, maybe they were just uh, actually trying to help you and make you avoid scams. So, um, you know, it is interesting. I mean, what, what do you think? Is ultimately going to happen to Ethereum because I saw. I think Vitalik just recently said something like he always sees it as being an alternative, which is I'm like, oh, okay, like that's I don't what's what about the flipping? I thought you guys flip Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: it's, that, that is funny. I noticed that too, and didn't he um, come back closer into the Bitcoin camp with some some of his recent comments as well? Um, look, but I mean, he he has. Um, <laughs> I don't know, let's, let's not get started with Vitalik. But to be honest, I'm, I'm relatively bullish on Ethereum, and, and I, I don't think it's a problem for Bitcoiners or it's an anti-maximist uh, e- e- should be upset about it. I mean, Bitcoin is its own thing, it's digital gold, and if we play our cards right in the inflation scenario, more and more people will understand, you know, Fiat money is a scam, and you know, Bitcoin is the way, hopefully. Huh? That's, that's what we hope, um, um, and uh, that's what I'm betting on. Um, and promise promises com- something completely different, right? Um, Whether it's smart contract, we don't really hear much about it, and- anymore. DeFi was in last summer, I believe. Now DeFi is kind of crumbling apart. Um, NFTs was a couple months ago. I think that is also now falling apart. I don't know what what the, the legit use cases of Ethereum were, uh, will be, but I, I think um, uh, it, it's probably going to work out for them. There's so much um, uh, brand power and um, the companies behind it. Um, I would be more worried about the other Fifty uh, coins that try to be the next Ethereum or trying to be the the, the better Bitcoin. I think that is just uh, mostly scams and nonsense. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I uh, I, I don't think that Ethereum is really a, a threat to Bitcoin. I think it tried. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that narrative is gone because really, I mean, everybody says, a TikTok next block, you know, it just, it's going to continue to, uh, keep churning out blocks. And, um, and it's funny because I've used, I, I kind of shared this on Twitter recently and I started mining Bitcoin and I was like, you know, it's funny, all the crazy things that go on and all the narratives and everything. And like, you go down and you look at your miner and you're like, that thing just is running. It's just, it just keeps going it just keeps adding yeah. blocks it keeps adding transactions and processing and and um it's just uh you know i and, don't
1: and know and at the same and at the same time you have solana that that has to be rebooted and like breaks down <laughs> every once in a while <laughs> or some other uh, crypto thing that that we find out runs on amazon cloud <laughs> and you know is has like a single point of failure i mean look what, what i would say um is maybe this if you want to speculate, and that goes back to the trading, yes, sure, there might be in this week or next week or maybe over a year a better performer. Yeah, I mean Solana performed very well, but I mean that is speculating. That is, I mean, uh, risking a lot. Whereas I think what what uh, we're talking about with Bitcoin is like a long-term generational bet. Right? You you you're in it for five years, for ten, for twenty years maybe. Um, and and I think you could make the same argument possibly for Ethereum. It's a long-term bet. It's risky. Um, it's a different thing. Um, but all these other hundreds of projects, it's just speculation. I know. I know it keeps people busy. Keeps um, all these exchanges, Coinbase probably makes more margin on all these traders and all these different coins than on, on a Bitcoin hodler, hodler, right? So, so I understand why why this is happening. Um, but um, you, you know, let me let, let people lose some money, and and at the end, every cycle will create more maximalists. It, it really is the case.
0: Yeah, I uh, you know I noticed that whenever when Luna was you know blowing up, <laughs> and there were people on Twitter just you know coming in saying uh, you know like I am now a Bitcoin maximalist. I was wrong, and. Um, I'm I'm glad that I didn't have to learn that way because it looks pretty bad um, and uh, unfortunate for a lot of people. But uh, but so I wanted to also ask you, um, you know, what do you think? What's your next Bitcoin movie gonna be? If you if you haven't already started it, uh, wh- where do you where does the Bitcoin journey take you as a filmmaker?
1: Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so I'm, I'm currently in production of my, my next feature documentary, but it has nothing to do with the crypto um, economy at all, nothing to do with Bitcoin, nothing to do with e- economics um, or, or Bitcoin or money. Um, so that one will be different, um, but I'm very sure that I'll revisit this, this space again and, and meet all my friends. And some of them will be ultra rich and some of them will be uh, you know <laughs> regretting their choices uh, um, um, for sure. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, look, I still haven't really looked into mining. Mining is, has always fascinated me from the start. I sh- Hide away from it because it was complicated or because I thought it's not really um, consumer friendly like these big server farms and so I I never got into it Um, uh, but I think it is getting more relevant now with the energy transformation right people will start to realize that Bitcoin is actually good for the environment so that's a good angle Um, I also like lightning you know like um, um, that might be um, something to look at in the future Um, I'm I'm a believer in it I'm not a user but I'm a believer in it long term Um, and uh, I don't know man Um, I'll I'll follow what what you guys are doing and and, and, um, (laughs) check what, what kind of interesting stories you're covering as well
0: yeah yeah I, I think uh i would uh definitely want to have a zoom call with you uh I, if you're available right after we do this interview we could hop off twitter and and go to zoom because i just had a couple questions and we'll keep those uh you know uh private because uh yeah i i i would love for movies plus to uh to partner with you i mean you were one of the first movies that uh, a couple of the first movies i wanted to get on um and, uh, you know, we, we had to launch and build our app and all that great stuff, you know? So I, cla- I always, I, I don't want to say jump the gun, but I always, uh, to do like the really exciting things first, but then I have to do all the stuff where it's like, Oh, I have to build an app and launch it and get it out there. So then once I got the movies on, I was like, here we go. Um, and I got to say, um, there's some of the most viewed content. Like actually we have five Bitcoin documentaries on movies plus now, two of them are yours. Um, and then we have Bitcoin FUD documentary. We have, uh, oh. The Satoshi Pollan just created a uh, Bond to Unbind about El Salvador. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm speaking to him next week. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know him very well. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So he um yeah, we put his up there and then also um uh the the great reset and the rise of Bitcoin. And I like honestly, all five of them are usually in our top ten views. Um so it's just uh there's an audience and obviously we our, our customers have a little bit of a Bitcoin bend to them, um because mm. Like I am the head of the company and I'm a huge Bitcoin maxi. Um, but yeah, if, we, if I'll, I'll email you after this, if you uh, if you're available and we can maybe uh, chat for a couple minutes. But I'm excited to see what uh, what else you get into. And so talk about uh, your next. You know, I know they're not Bitcoin related, but uh, I did, you know, obviously look at your your IMDB um, and you have some pretty interesting stuff uh, that you're working on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we haven't really announced anything yet. Um, it will take me at least six more months to produce and finish it. Um, but I will make sure that everyone uh, who's watched uh, the, the first film will, will or the Cryptopia, and uh, will, will, hear about my next uh, one. I think it'll be fun. Um, there's, there's, you know, the, the, uh, we are techies. We are interested in new innovation and, and groundbreaking stuff. I think people will like my new film, but it's not quite ready. There's no trailer. There's n- nothing really to announce. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited. And look, it's also good to like step back from, from, from the space a little bit, and then come back a couple years later. So that that's what I intend to do. And, and to your earlier questions, um, a question about okay, what would you want to cover? Maybe in two, three years' time, we can actually talk about how Bitcoin changes almost like the political system, like you know, democracy, like um, um, s- sovereignty, like like all these uh, things that I- within the Bitcoin maximalist um, uh, subculture exist already, right? And 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 hopefully that will be mainstreaming uh, more and more. I mean, that's super fascinating from a social, demographic, uh, like like yeah, psychological, philosophical point of. view view that would be an interesting one to make as well yeah
0: yeah no i i I agree i mean i think it's always going to be a changing and evolving and it's kind of fun to watch you know go back in time and watch the older bitcoin documentaries and watch how things have changed you know and and uh and it's and see how people are speculating about the future that
1: you are currently living in you know where it's like oh you know in 10 years it's going to be this um And, and then they're completely wrong, but the price is still 100 times higher or something. Actually, um, let me connect you to Austin. Uh, did you know his film uh, Life on Bitcoin? He, he made it, I think, in 2014, traveled with his um, uh, wife around the world uh, on Bitcoin. He at least tried. Um, so that one, or maybe 2013 even. So that one is now like almost 10 years ago. And I think the world has looked very different then. Uh, that would be a good one to rewatch too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, please connect me with him um, because I'd love to, to get it... Uh... To get it uh, up there and, and uh, watch it because I actually haven't seen that one um, and uh, it's funny because all the Bitcoin ones are ones that I've, I've watched elsewhere and then I'm like okay I need that on movies plus let's go um, and uh, and and yeah so I got to get that uh, there is an interesting there's a couple interesting thoughts for documentaries that uh, on like mining because um, uh, I just had the guy uh, guy Michael Schmidt on the who, he um, is turning his Bitcoin miner into his water heater. I don't know if you've seen him yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, um yeah. and when I interviewed him, he said that him and his wife would go like to Colorado in their Airstream RV and he would heat his entire airstream with ASICs. And the crazy thing was is that like, you know, you pay for your campsite, so you know, whatever it is, like 10 bucks a night or something like that, you know. Um and you don't pay for the electricity. And because it's powering RVs, like <laughs> RVs have like the, you know, 220 capability. So like he was plugging in his Bitcoin miner and, and getting free electricity. Um, and uh, so that's maybe uh, Phil uh, is going to do that. Like I could, uh, I, Phil, I'm not lying. I actually had this thought where I was like, wait a minute, Phil's looking for a new place to live. Maybe we get Phil in an RV and we have him go around and spend a year on the road mining bitcoin for free on different uh on different campsites
1: yeah <laughs> i I, but I I love this right and then R- there's the yeah. others, uh, and who, who, who are using um the the mining rigs for to heat their house or heat their pool or something i mean it's just such it's such um a, a crazy thoughts and uh you know soon enough with all that solar thing ca- coming online um it, it's also um um yeah groundbreaking i believe yeah Sorry, i mean don't... was oh, that yeah, a hard pass saying, phil
2: yeah that's gonna be a hard pass for me hopefully i, I hear back <laughs> from the uh realtor or, or landlord about a, a new place today. But no, that would definitely be a, a great, a great little, uh you know, behind the scenes, like dinging the life of somebody who's on the road in, in mining.
0: This is the stuff that if I, if I had gotten into Bitcoin, I mean, it's probably good that I didn't get into Bitcoin um, whenever, whenever it first came out because it, you know, 2009, it was right before I met my wife. And I honest to God, would have been the person that would have i would have done that in 2010 like i would have gone around and used electricity of. like I, I was not a nomad it was nothing for me to like just hop on a plane and go to like you know somewhere in the world by myself and and i enjoyed that um and uh so i probably would have got completely sucked down that rabbit hole and lost something much more valuable than bitcoin which would be you know the the wife and kids that i have now so uh, but yes, part of me though there's that like nature, that natural urge to be like, ah, wouldn't it be great to just hit the road and live off the land? And um, so I'm definitely gonna have to check out life on Bitcoin. You have to connect me for sure. Um, and yeah, the innovation part is I think interesting, um, and that's you know something I want to talk to you about whenever we do a Zoom. But uh, you know, I I plugged in my ASIC, and I immediately was holy cow! I will no doubt be able to in uh, run my house completely uh on the on the heat in the winter like my my furnace will not kick on i promise um it is it it just blows off so much heat um so uh so yeah it's i think there's many innovations that are that are coming into the space and that's probably what uh you know one of the next focuses should be um so uh it, I want to open the floor. I don't know if anybody we only have a couple in the audience but if anybody wants to ask questions to Torsten uh you know now's the time to to hit that mic button and request to come up if you uh don't then um you know give it 30 seconds here see if anybody's coming up but uh yeah Phil I man I was really hoping that we could get you in an RV and just send you around the world um and uh you know a fulfilled life that would have been a that would have been a great uh title fulfilled life. spelled with a pH,
2: yeah. No, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm I'm more high maintenance than that. I cannot I I can do it. Torsten I don't know if
0: you know Phil but he's got quite the hairdo so I don't think it would uh I don't think the you'd be able to uh do that in the uh in
2: the oh, no my hair my hair like Bitcoin is anti fragile it is it can withstand all the elements <laughs>
1: <laughs> very good, very good. Well, gentlemen, this has been uh, fun. Um, uh, let, let's be in touch, uh, Corey. I, I can't do today, but uh, we're connected on e- email. And um, yeah, th- thanks again. I, th- I think we're um, very much aligned. Um, I hope that um, many of your uh, users and, and subscribers will like um, my work. And um, let's let's catch up when I have my next one out.
0: Yes, absolutely. Everybody, check out. Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it, and Cryptopia: Bitcoin blockchains and the future of the internet. I got to ask you real quick before we go. Um, you can check those out on Movies Plus. Use promo code Bitcoin Made Simple, and you get the you get a subscription to Movies Plus for a year uh, at the price of two point one dollars per month for uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. So, uh, to, were you afraid that you would get backlash for using the word Cryptopia? I mean, it's a great title. Um, But, you know, the Bitcoiners, when they see the C-R-Y-P-T... Oh, they just kind of start to, you know, like me, I start cringing. I'm like, ah, ah, no.
1: I know, yeah, yeah. I know. And, and uh, you know what's even worse? Do you know that uh, exchange, the the uh, New Zealand based exchange called Cryptopia? A lot of people lost all their uh, all their coins there. It was sort of, I don't know whether it was a scam or a hack. Um, and it was the same name, Cryptopia. And um, look, I mean, I'm I'm I've never um, understood like uh, that that word play. You know, is it crypto? Is it is it Bitcoin? If you're a Bitcoiner, then you're a Bitcoiner. That's fine. If you uh, want to experiment with other coins or other networks or speculate on the market, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not so hardcore about it, but you're probably right. I probably lost a couple of thousand uh, of of users had I um, changed a slightly different uh, title.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I just thought that. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was a funny uh, question. I had to get out there because uh, you know people were so averse to that. Um, but well, Torson, thank you so much, and uh, I hope uh, we can connect here in the future. And um, and you know, uh, everybody check out his movie on Movies Plus.
2: Thanks so much, guys. Talk soon. See you. Yeah, it was a pleasure, man. Take care.
0: And thanks. thanks again to the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Shiftcrypto.ch slash Simple to get five. And you can use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off your hardware wallet. And uh, Phil, thanks for coming up uh, and, and helping out and everybody listening. And I hope you guys enjoy this. We'll talk to you next time. And, and helping out, and everybody listening. And I hope you guys enjoy this. We'll talk to you next time.